Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. Amen, the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you this day to send forth your Holy Spirit down upon us and upon those listening. May we be guided by your Holy Spirit to know, to love, and to serve you in this life and to see you in the next. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today I have a father and son duo uh, as guest on the show. Uh, this program will be dedicated to Father Andrew Colleen. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Father is the parochial vicar at Sacred Heart Church and uh, in Ville Platte, and I'll let you tell me the rest of it because it's a big title. Right, right. So we have Sacred Heart Church in Ville Platte, and then it's Mission Chapel, Sacred Heart Mission Chapel in Bel Air Cove, and then St. Joseph's Church in Ville Platte. Wonderful. And Danny Colleen, his father, is here to co-host the show. Danny and I are good friends, and Kersey Est is welcome to the show. Danny? Uh, thank you, Todd. It's great being here. All right. Let's grill Father. Uh, so, Father, we always like to start the show by you know in the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I was uh, born in Lafayette, Louisiana, to two fantastic parents. I attended St. Pius X Elementary School in the parish of the same name, St. Pius X. Graduated from there, went to St. Thomas More, and then quickly went into seminary and for eight years spent my time in seminary. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask the first question. So, Father, uh, tell me, you know, really at what point in your life, I always liked, I'm curious with uh, those who are called to the priesthood, at what point really you, you remember having a faith life, remember acknowledging God was in your, in your life and, and, and when you got that calling too? Yeah, right. So it was, I think it was always there, like for most people, it's always there. God always calls us right when we're young but we may not hear it but for me i would say it was when i was young and it depends on when you ask who you ask right if you ask my parents they may say i was younger but i find it was the sixth grade when i began altar serving right i remember watching monsignor mouton who was our pastor at saint pius celebrate mass and uh saying to myself i want to do that nice and now i can all right dano you're up Okay, and we're not going to pick favorites because obviously, but your your mother's been quite an influence on your life. Isn't that correct? That is correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said you went to St. Pius, and what, what? how old were you when you started altar serving? Because I know that was important. Oh, yeah, it was in the, the sixth grade. So however old you are when you're in the sixth grade. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, what would that be? Uh, um, 11, 12? About 11 yeah, or 12. 11 or 12. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Now, I'll go ahead, I'll throw in, you know, is uh, when you began to altar serve, is that something you were pushed into, or you had you <laughs> volunteered no. for? Well, no. I, I can answer that question. <laughs> I got, that's a no. Uh, no, it wasn't, no. But my older brother actually altar served as well, and I remember watching him doing it, and it was just kind of like a natural thing. Yeah. Like, we were already very active in the parish, so I figured, you know, this is something else that I can give back with. Todd, we were lucky to have three boys, three wonderful boys. The oldest is Brandon, and then there's Andrew, and then Ryan. All three altar serve. The fun part is, is when we do get everybody together, even though he's a priest, the other two still argue that they were the better altar servers. <laughs> yeah, they do. And uh, they they would take it very seriously because also Monsignor Mouton afterward would give notes of what you did wrong. So that stuck with them, and wow. they would help train other altar servers. Yep. It was something amazing. 
I think uh, our, all, m- many of our uh, Cajun Catholic listeners know uh, Monsignor Mouton, and uh, he was a special man. But um, what, what was it about him that touched you? Right, yeah. So I just remember just his holiness. I mean, you could say he like radiated holiness that you felt almost immediately when he entered the room and he was there. I remember one time at Pius, we used to wear albs with a cincture, which is the rope you tie around your waist. And it was different colors for the different feast days. So right, so say one day it was a martyr, so right, we typically wear red, so we would wear a red rope, a red cincture, and I wasn't sure, right, if it was a saint's feast day or not that day, so I go to Monsignor who was sitting in the pew, very sternly, praying, uh, with his eyes closed, and I said, Monsignor, I whispered, and he kind of woke up a bit, (laughs) I started, and I felt so bad just because I saw him praying, and he was obviously a man of prayer, and that was something that I want, I wanted to be just like that. Yeah, he, he's a guy's guy, and I remember we have a spiritual group that goes to Tikkun's after after the uh, Friday 6 a.m. Mass and Adoration at 5, and he'd come over there with us and sit with the guys, and just uh, my memories of him are so are so wonderful. And at Cathedral, too, he, when he moved to right. Cathedral. Right. So. That's correct. He did. My favorite Monsignor Mouton story, there was a time, and I know we're going to get into this later, but uh, we did not go to church, and the two oldest boys were over at St. Pius, and I always heard this about Monsignor of, if he catches you, he'll ask you, where have you been? And Brandon, our oldest, was doing First Communion, and it was the practice mass, and he he took it very serious, and as I'm walking out of the church, he stopped me, and he said, Mr. Colleen, I haven't seen you at mass, Mm -hmm. and I knew he didn't do the morning one. It was Monsignor Larocque. And I said, well, Monsignor, I go to the, you know, I go to the nine o'clock mass and it's Monsignor Larocque. And so he said, well, then I'll look forward to seeing you there this Sunday. But we weren't going to church. We just weren't. So Brandon's doing First Communion. You're much younger. And the boys kept harping on us of, we don't go to church. So I bring them and I'm there for a 930 mass and I walk in with Brandon and Andrew, and Mom was at home with uh, Ryan. And as I walk in, the Mass was ending. There was no 9.30 Mass. It was at 9 o'clock. <laughs> so I grabbed the two boys, and I turned back around and realized my mistake. And who's standing right there? It's Monsignor Mouton. And he goes, oh, what a miracle. You went to Mass this morning. <laughs> now, we just walked in, and we just and I go, yeah, give me a second. I have to go to the car. We go to the, and the boys are screaming of, we, we're not at mass. The, the whole thing was really going bad. So I, I get to the car, I call my wife, and she said, you idiot, there is no 9.30 mass, it's at 9. So we had to wait and go to 11, and Monsignor did that. And he greeted people, and he said, oh, what a miracle, twice in one morning. <laughs> and yeah. I, we sit, and we always sat up front. I never understood mm-hmm. that. We The boys wouldn't let us sit in the back or in the corners, and... He changed his homily. It was about lying the entire time, and he was staring right at oh. me. So we had to go. And the irony is, is the nine o'clock mass is the one they ended up serving for. They served for oh, yeah. Monsignor Larock more than uh, probably anybody. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I got caught. That's too funny. So Father Colleen is newly ordained. Um, that was like it was it June I in believe? June. In yep. June. And you've had some interesting things happen since then. Uh, <laughs> tell us about your first few weeks as, as a priest. Right. So my first few weeks for all of June, I had the uh, opportunity to kind of be not at my assignment yet. So I was, at, I was staying in residence at St. Pius. 
I was helping out uh, at Pius when I could, saying masses, and traveling with some friends, some classmates, some priest friends. And then come July, when my assignment started, I um, got to my assignment early for the weekend masses, because I was going to start early. And that's when I started to go downhill a bit in my, my health. And then I was putting up books on my bookshelf in like midday, and I just felt exhausted and drained. And I said, oh, well. I guess I am actually sick. So I told my pastor, Father Tom Voris, I said, I think I'm sick. And he was just like wide-eyed, like, <laughs> and we all kind of started to panic because, you know, it could have been corona. So I eventually got tested on Friday, immediately into quarantine Friday to Sunday. And then on Sunday, I received my results as positive. Wow. Um, wow, that's something that's, you know, at the forefront of our lives. And, uh especially as Cajun Catholics, you know, just such in our face, I would mm-hmm. say, you know, with mass being limited and, right, right. you know, godly with, with communion being limited to just the, the, the body of Christ. And I mean, now you've experienced this horrible disease, but tell us, because I know there's a lot of uh, listeners out there that are curious uh, how you recovered from it and, right. you know, how it intertwines in your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was diagnosed and I uh, was quickly taken away to a parishioner's camp, um, which I was very grateful for that they offered me their camp. Were you scared? A little bit. I mean, because there was just all this, you you don't know, I have, and I'm asthmatic, so that's one of the underlying issues, which is eventually what led me to the hospital for a week, because my breathing was very low. But thankfully, the people at Mercy Regional in Ville Platte were fantastic. They did such a great job. I actually went there the other day. Some of them were like, hey, wait, I know you. I remember you. So it was good to kind of see some of the nurses who helped me and actually talk to them because in the hospital you don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, But they were able to help, and the doctors did a fantastic job. I went back into quarantine at the camp once I got out of the hospital. And I just remember, I mean, it was was kind of ironic, and it almost is very sad, right? I wanted to go to Mass. And at that point I was a priest, so I could say Mass, right? I was, after eight years of seminary, right, I'm finally able to say Mass. on my own but I couldn't because I was so tired I had no energy and saying mass is a lot right even attending mass we get it's it's a lot of work right we may not think that but it really is and like I just remember wanting to have communion wanting to go to mass and that was something that I kind of felt like those people who are unable to go to mass now who I still talk to who call the office still wanting to go to communion still wanting to receive communion I kind of felt that relationship towards them right and that was that's a part of being a priest, right, we were able to relate to those who do suffer. Um, and it's a beautiful thing that I was able to learn at the very beginning of my priestly ministry. I think it's interesting that we all, I know for me personally, just yearn so much for the Eucharist right. <clears throat> during the lockdown. And, you know, it's just, and for us, adoration at Pius was right. shut down. That liked to kill me. And, um, you know, it's just such a hole in my life. And as parishioners, like you mentioned, a, a hole in them. But then to see the other side with you not able to give Mass. Right. You know, right. It, it hurts everyone. Oh, yeah. After yeah. being newly ordained, right, I want to, <laughs> I want to say Mass for yes. people. But then I, I can't. Like, there's no, there's no, there's, it's, not, it's not available. But now, thankfully, right, it is. I praise God that we're able to have, even though a small, limited number of people, we had Mass for the elementary school, their first Mass just yesterday and it was a beautiful thing to see them the seventh and eighth graders in the church right okay and uh andrew also you talked about 
I know in the Vilplat article you talked about your time in the hospital. Yep. Can you share a little bit about that? I thought it was a wonderful written story. Right, right. Way. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, basically I was just to the point where I was too exhausted to move, so I kind of just stayed in the bed for most of the day, and Mom would eventually tell me I had to get up and move around. <laughs> but and I did. I promise, Mom. And I heard next to me people also who had COVID. I mean, they were coughing very loud, and I mean, it was bad. A lot worse than what I had, I'm sure. So I had offered my suffering in the hospital, right, in the hospital bed for those people around me, knowing that they were also suffering with the same thing as I was. That's powerful. Powerful. Mm-hmm. So tell me what your prayer life looks like. You know, is it has it changed since you've now become a priest, or was it has it co- sort mm-hmm. of stayed the same? Oh, it's it's changed drastically because yeah. the point, right? The priest is the mediator between God and man, right? We offer up the sacrifice of the mass. We offer up our prayers for those around us, for those in need, but more importantly, for those people we don't even know. So I think that's something that I've focused my prayer a lot on more, especially now, given all of the the issues going on in the world, like with like Charles. I have a lot of friends there uh, with the virus. I know a lot of people who have been affected by the virus. So I offer my prayers to Christ, to God, for them, focusing less and less on myself, right? St. Saint, Saint John the Baptist, right? He must increase and I must decrease. And so is there a lot of, are you an early morning riser? Is there a lot of rosaries or what's what, what adoration? What, what? Right, yeah, I am, I, when I get into the routine, I can mm-hmm. be an early riser, yeah. which I have to be because our mass is at 6.30 every morning. Mm-hmm. So we have to be, you know, we have confessions before, so we have to be up pretty early. So yeah, I usually get my prayer done in the morning because that's usually when it's, it's easier, there's more time. Because mm-hmm. usually, you know, right after Mass, office opens and it's hit the ground running kind of thing. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Father Andrew Colleen. He is the parochial vicar at Sacred Heart in Bill Platt. And his father, Danny Colleen, is co-hosting the show. It's an honor and a privilege to have you guys on the show. I've heard it said that, I've heard the term mop. You, you've heard of the term mop? No. Mop is a mother of priest. Oh. I hear there's a little club. I hear there's a club for that. Yeah, it's a secret society. I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not in it. I don't know. I'm just a priest. Yeah. Is there a dad of priests? No. No. There's, no. There is well, not. there there is, but I've been told by uh, Rick Cambry and others I'm not allowed. <laughs> but it's understandable, which actually can lead into my next question, Andrew. And stop me if I'm wrong. You did eight years of school. You correct? are correct. Each summer you had an assignment. Yes, I did. So for a very long time you were constantly working and then you became a priest. Yep. Now, would you admit once and for all that your father knows absolutely nothing because I keep getting text messages and calls and people think when you have a son who's a priest, you now know everything. Can you set the record straight that I really don't know what I'm talking about? Because I'm tired of the questions. Yes, he knows what he's talking about. Keep asking him questions. <laughs> it's amazing because we didn't do the studying or the training, but when your son becomes a priest, everybody thinks, well, you should know this. Right. And then they ask these questions, and you go, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know how to spell Catholic. Why are you asking me this? But it's amazing, Todd. It happens all the time. You'd be surprised. I'll admit my ignorance that the Lourdes logo, you know, I guess it's a cross. And I'm like, I'm a lifelong resident of Lafayette. My mother was on the board of directors of Lourdes, and I never realized it was a Catholic church. You know, like, I'm like a dummy. (laughs) And, and, And so it's all, you know, I think 
it's all around us. Yeah, I know. Like my daughter's getting her master's in theology, and, and you know, so now I'm getting my master's right. in theology. <laughs> right, right. You know? I'll and come to you to question. That's questions. right, right. So you, so you actually have your master's, Danny, right? I mean, no, not really. No? See, again, because some of the questions they ask, I just don't even know what they're talking about. And yeah. so I'm not one of those. There's a reason why they call it practicing Catholic. <laughs> I, I put the practice in it. But it, you, you'd be amazed some of the questions I get asked because I should know by proxy. You know, it, it real quick, when we got back from a mission trip, and I didn't know this because you just mentioned it about Lourdes. And I didn't know that either. But uh, uh, You make me feel good. What's real? No, I didn't. I was born there. Didn't know any of that. <laughs> so when we got back from a mission trip, it was probably Andrew, and we had a much bigger group. The, uh, on one of the mission trips and Jay Toop set up this uh, rosary and prayer discussion and Andrew was probably in fifth or sixth grade and there were three other boys and before we did the rosary we'd have a little discussion they did a reading and Jay Toops asked a question of what is the role of the father in a marriage do you know the answer Todd I'm not trying to embarrass absolutely. you absolutely you it's do to get your spouse to heaven okay I I didn't know that nah, they taught you that in Christina no they didn't I think they did. No, I was no, at your no, table. They probably did. But, but, but here's, the here's the bad part of the story, though. They asked all the, other, the boys there, and they said, oh, to love your wife and your kids. And he goes, yes, they should do that. And to provide for them, yes, you should. And nobody got the answer right. And he turned to Andrew, and he said, okay, Monsignor. This was sixth grade, and that's what he called him. He goes, okay, Monsignor, what's the answer? And Andrew said, to make sure everyone in the family gets to heaven. And I leaned in, and I go, ah, wrong, nice try. And Jay looked at me, and he said, well, you know, it's right. They never taught us that at Fatima. I did not. You knew that. Well, I didn't know that at, at Cathedral, uh, <laughs> I can assure you. I knew that at St. Pius. Yeah. Well, Did you really? You oh, yeah, they taught us that at St. Pius. Oh, you see, I, 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 you know. They're better people than we are. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. The Catholic <laughs> re religion and church today, and you can say what you want to, how the world's going to hell in a handbasket, but the youth today are better than we are. They've been better trained. They're better people. Do you agree? I, 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 I swear, I never knew. And I'm not criticizing the nuns, but yeah. nobody taught us that. No, and, we didn't get it either. And that's the other thing, too. When I found I started going to church more and doing more, to even because, see, I didn't know that existed. Yeah. I didn't know any of that. But then you learn stuff new all the time. I did not realize that. The other embarrassing part is it put more pressure on me of, I've got to make sure my whole family gets to heaven. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. Have they met it? Ryan, our youngest? No, no, this isn't good. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think now your son that happens to be a priest is, is going to be a big help in that project, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so tell me what, in your short time as a priest, what has been the most gratifying thing? Mm -hmm. Have you done some weddings? or? Uh, I actually have, yeah. Okay. I did, I've did. i done some. I did one wedding. Well, as, as a deacon, actually. I did my cousin, uh, Pat and Colleen. Oh, yeah. I know that guy. And wife, Hannah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was able to do that. I did their marriage prep, and then I did their wedding, which is a beautiful gift. Nice. Uh, and just, I guess, you know, say the sacraments, right? Growing up. When you enter seminary, that's something that you're always looking forward to, right? You're looking forward to studying theology, and you're looking forward to beginning your practice and then celebrating the sacraments. And then as soon as you get to seminary, you study philosophy, which is not theology, and you are far, far away from celebrating any of the sacraments. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with time, and you eventually get there, and right as a priest, just celebrating the sacraments. We heard last week confessions for all of the students at the schools, high school and elementary school. And that was a beautiful gift, uh, right? Celebrating Mass, um, 
I've anointed some people. It's a beautiful thing. Even with the COVID restrictions, right, we're still able to go with gloves and masks and, and things to protect you, to still to administer the sacraments so that mm-hmm. they can receive God's grace and that healing. And if need be, right, that can be their their saving grace that will help them get to heaven. Mm-hmm. I, I've wondered, just I think about crazy things, and uh, I wonder, <laughs> you know, if people that have had COVID-19 why do they have to wear a mask? Uh, you know, I mean, it's not like you're supposedly saving others from getting it from you, but for the most part, I think 99.9% of the people can't catch it twice. I guess we don't really right. know that, do we? I, I've seen that, but I have no idea. Yeah. So what is the, do you see any hope for us to ever receive the blood of Christ again? Well, when we receive the, the body of Christ under the form of the bread, we are actually receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. So it is actually the, the fullness of Christ. But I, I'm sure what you mean is will we receive That's the, a great answer. the substance <laughs> right of the precious blood in the form of wine. Yeah. I think with eventually, with time, we'll just have to wait. Right? Mm-hmm. That's something that we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, this is a uh, proud parent moment. If it's a really good answer, it's from my side of the family. <laughs> Didn't you just say if you don't know when people ask you questions? You from, don't know the answers. I said from my side of the family. Oh, okay. Don't you talk back okay. to me, young man? <laughs> y'all are y'all are too funny. Uh, I'll tell you, my I might have mentioned this on the air. I don't know that I have, but I have this thing that that I, I dream about. It. How can we receive the blood of Christ again? I yearn for it. Mm-hmm. I think there's got to mm-hmm. be a, a way. And my, my thought was we create, inject wine into, I'm going to disrespectfully, uh, uh, gummy bears is kind of what I think of, but something like a liquid gel, like a Tylenol. And uh, that way you could administer it, you know, it wouldn't spill and you'd still have the blood of Christ inside of there, but maybe in some kind of gel, you know, I don't know, you know, that's just been my thought. <laughs> You know, I think of crazy things. That's a question for a liturgist. Uh, <laughs> Father Dustin Doubt is our diocesan liturgist. So you uh-huh. can ask him. He's in charge of the office of worship. Mm-hmm. But we do have what's called intinction, where you take the host and dip the host into the yeah. precious blood. That's actually how us priests, because at Mass, a priest has to receive both species. I see. So he has to consume the host in the form of bread and the precious blood in the form of wine at every Mass. So with other priests, we would be in, we go in and intink. So that's one of an, an option that we can do. So, Father, and that's a word, tinct? Intinct. Intinct. Intinction. Uh, and does, so I've heard different things that the Catholic Church frowned upon that. Because when we went on mission trip, mm-hmm. they did that, all the priests over yes. there. And in, um, in Latin America countries, yeah. that's a very common common act thing to do at Mass, mm-hmm. is to have the priest intinct, and then the, the, the faithful receive that way. So that's that just something could that's in happen there. Mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Monsignor actually do it. Used to do it a okay. lot at Pius. Super. I mean, look, we're getting an education, Danny and I, right here. It's just like on-the-job training for Cajun Catholics. It's fantastic. I, I, uh, for the record, I think he made that word up. I, mean, I did. I've never well, look, go- that. Google that. Google <laughs> that. Google that later. <laughs> so, for those young Catholics, or maybe older that are thinking of the priesthood you know i don't think we know a lot as lay people about what the um process is like mm-hmm. in seminary where did you go to seminary so for my first four years which is often called minor seminary i went to saint joseph's abbey and seminary college affectionately called saint ben's, saint ben's um, i've been there in covington louisiana 
that's where I studied for four years for philosophy and the liberal arts, and then I finished up there, uh, and then I was sent to major theology, and there's different options for major theology, but I was sent to Notre Dame Seminary Graduate School mm-hmm. of Theology in Notre Dame in New Orleans, Louisiana, right on South Carrollton. Okay, that's nice. Father, what is a lot of our Catholics, we get the bad rap that we don't know our Bible. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, uh, you get the non-denoms and the Baptists and whatnot, and they really know their, their scripture. I mean, I think that the Catholic Church is trying to change that a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, is it, do you foresee a day where, I don't know, you invite people to bring their Bibles to church? Or, you know, I, that's something that we just don't really do too much of. But, but um and, and if you're a novice at reading the Bible, where, where would you recommend someone start? Right. So for your first, I would say that, I mean, our Mass and our sacraments are full of the, the Word of God, are full of, the, of sacred scriptures. We may not even notice the things we're saying, right? Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. That Lord is, is the words of the centurion, right? And there's a plenty of right peace. I leave you my peace. I give with you. The mass is just full, enriched with the word of God, and it's closely connected to our daily life, and it should be. And then for your second question, right? I would encourage for those who may not read sacred scripture as much as they should, I would encourage that you start with the Gospels, right? Because the Gospels are the auto are the the biographies, so to speak, of Christ's life. And if you want to know who Jesus Christ is, who Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God is, and start with the Gospels. And I believe the Gospel of Mark is the shortest one, if you are uh, in a time crunch. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Uh, There's a new book coming out that I ordered at at the bookstore, Catholic bookstore, about, uh, it's a study Bible on the book of John. And um, it's, it's, uh, I believe it's Steve Ray, R-A-Y, is the author. And he was on EWTN recently, and I was fascinated by some of the things I heard. Hmm. Um, We got to go to the Holy Land, and that was just such an experience. Is that something you've been able to do? I did not. No, we, um, our fourth year at Theology, they offer a trip. But I ended up saving my money for actually my investments in Chalice mm-hmm. for my first mass. So I know your dad's done some mission work. Have you as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We would go with him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was a whole family event, you can say. It was a good family vacation, in air quotes. <laughs> I loved it. I loved the mission work. We, that was, um, had a lasting impact on my, my faith, um, just seeing my whole family, friends, parents, all that, um, the, the faith where we would go in, in Mexico and then of course in seminary we would go on mission trips as well and this kind of continues and i hope in the future right when things are back to whatever normal may look like whatever that is um i would like to go on mission trips again it's something that i would hope hope to bring other people on especially families since that's something we did less than a minute left on the show and uh, I, I invite you all to tune in next week where uh Father, father Andrew Colleen is going to co-host the show, and we're going to grill his father, Danny Colleen, about his faith life, and he's done a lot of mission work. But uh, just a minute left on the show. Um, what do you want your legacy as a priest to be? Have you thought much about your young guy? Oh, man. Uh, my legacy. Well, we now have frozen yogurt, Greek yogurt, at the, <laughs> the grocery store in John Pines because I asked for it. Uh, so I, I think that's a that. good thing. I, w- I want to get into schools. That's something I would like. Uh-huh. At some point, however that may look like to do, uh, something I, a Catholic education is a huge, huge factor in my life and my faith, and that's something I want to give back to. 
Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, you can now get us. We're now on Apple um, Podcast and on Spotify. We're big time now. And uh, if you go on your phone and you look at that purple icon on an Apple phone, it's podcast, and you search Cajun Catholics. All the, the past episodes are on there. This one will be on there. So, again, thank you so much, Father, for being thank on you. the show. And uh, tune in next week where his father will be the featured guest on Cajun Catholics. And as always, we ask you to uh, engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless.